Welcome to Revitalize Your Relationship. You are listening to episode 42, Intimacy. Hello there, lovers. My name is Erin Aquin, and today I want to talk to you all about intimacy. Because I think that a lot of the couples that I talk to, a lot of the clients that I have, there's a real big disconnect in a lot of relationships when it comes to intimacy, especially if you've been married for a while, if you have children. Intimacy or lack thereof can be something that you and your partner just don't see eye to eye on. And I want to be really clear because intimacy is a feeling. So intimacy is not just about sex. It often has nothing to do with sex because you can definitely have sex and not feel any intimacy whatsoever. But intimacy is essentially a feeling of familiarity or closeness. And acts of intimacy are not always about sex, but that can definitely be intertwined. So if you are feeling a lack of intimacy, I think this is one of those issues that a lot of people feel shame if their relationship is lacking intimacy. They may feel uncomfortable talking about it with friends or if they do open it up with a friend and and talk about it, then often it becomes just like a big complaining session and everyone's complaining about their partner and lack of intimacy or like the partner wants more intimacy and they don't want as much and they're tired and the kids and you know all of the things. So whether you feel that emotion or not it's you know the same as every other (laughs) emotion out there it really has everything to do with your thoughts. So I've been talking on my Facebook live in the last few weeks about quality time and how, and even in the podcast uh, on episode 40, I talked about this, but having time together does not always equal intimacy. So there's this misconception that a date night, if it's successful, always leads to sex or always leads to some kind of feeling of closeness. And I take a really big issue with that because the problem for so many people, is that they're trying to change their relationships from the outside in. So they're trying to like go through the motions of what they think a happy, loving relationship looks like. And those motions are like quality time, doing painting class or pottery class or ballroom dancing. And like, I love to use those examples, but like they're trying to save their relationship from the outside. Or like, we're going to have sex more often and that's going to create a happy, healthy relationship. You guys, I have to come back to the root of all of this. It's always about your thoughts. So I'm going to just say this till the end of time. (laughs) How you're thinking about your partner is what's creating your feeling of intimacy or lack thereof. It's not what you do. You can't just like say I'm going to spend a hundred hours with this person and feel intimacy because if you're thinking thoughts that are negative, you're just going to drive each other crazy. You're going to be angry about it. You're going to find more reasons to put 
to put barriers and buffers between you. And as human beings, I think we naturally crave closeness, connection, intimacy. And so it sort of makes sense to me that when people feel a lack of closeness, a lack of connection, that they find other things to fill that void. Often it's alcohol or food. You know, I've been talking about this time of year, how easy it is to just like go off the deep end with overconsumption, but it could also be shopping. It could be Facebooking. You know, I think buffering behaviors are so easy to fill the void rather than having a conversation that may be a little bit awkward about the level of intimacy in your relationship or your feelings rather than being vulnerable. It's so easy to go crack open a bottle of wine. So I really want to today to help you think about, first of all, whether you feel like there's a lack of intimacy in your relationship, knowing that that is a thought in your head and the lack of intimacy is just a feeling. The thought that there's a void that you need to fill is going to produce that feeling of disconnection. And then to notice what you might be doing in terms of filling that void that may be really unhelpful to your long-term health and wellness. So we have normalized eating our emotions. We have normalized drinking our emotions away. We've normalized shopping too much, (laughs) using the credit card, all of that stuff, we've like made it totally natural and normal. We've made it look very normal to do those things. And, and even though the focal point of my work as a coach is not really about over drinking and overeating and overconsumption, it is something that I'm trained to deal with because anytime you are trying to mask your discomfort or avoid your discomfort, with a substance or a behavior, anytime you're doing that, you are simply pushing your discomfort into the future. And I've talked about this before with you all, but delaying discomfort is usually a really bad idea (laughs) because the consequences are usually a lot worse than just feeling the discomfort in the moment and addressing the situation. So here's an example, if you're not totally with me on this, but let's say that you're feeling some kind of a disconnect with your partner. You're feeling some resentment towards them. And rather than sit down and have a conversation that might be awkward for you, you don't feel like you really want to feel vulnerable and go through something which ironically, would probably bring you closer together because then you'd be closer to the same page. That vulnerability is often a really beautiful way to form trust and be intimate and feel close with someone else, really putting yourself out there. But because you feel some discomfort about that, and as a culture, we have demonized discomfort. We think discomfort is the worst thing ever. Um, I mean, how many times have you heard, like, just do what feels good, feel, do what feels right, which I think is totally wacko advice, by the way. Like, I think it's really fucked up that we're taught never to feel discomfort. And because we are, as a society, told that discomfort is bad and wrong and we're not willing to feel it, then we reach for a cookie or we 
reach for a glass of wine uh, or we go online and buy something that we don't need. (laughs) So if you tend to do that instead of feel the discomfort and have the conversation that you want to have, the impact of that is actually amplified because now you've started to engage in a behavior that's going to have some negative consequence in the future. We know what it looks like when we, if we eat too much food that's not supportive to our bodies. We know what happens if we drink all the time, uh, long-term health-wise, it's not great. And if you're shopping to a point where you are collecting things in your home and collecting a credit card bill that you can't afford, that's obviously going to have negative consequences. So you have the consequence of the behavior and then you haven't had the conversation. So you're still going to just prolong that feeling of discomfort. You're not going to feel connected still. You're not going to be bringing up the thing that's an issue. And when you wake up tomorrow, the issue is still going to be there. And the funny thing about all of it is that often just being vulnerable and having the conversation is a beautiful gateway to more intimacy in your relationship. Walk into a discussion and you put everything on the table and you tell your partner, you know, what's been going on for you and maybe why you've been avoiding them and why you haven't been connecting as much from your perspective, you've then put a stake in the ground and said that the relationship is more important to you than being comfortable. <laughs> Maybe that sounds strange, but but I think it's absolutely true. When you got up the courage to like ask your partner out on a date or maybe you went out with them for the first time, it probably wasn't comfortable. You know, you were probably nervous, especially if you already liked them. You were feeling all of these things. You were wondering if they were going to like you. It's such a vulnerable place to be when you are starting a new relationship. And it's really funny that we're willing to do that at the beginning of a relationship when we don't know the person and we haven't decided if we choose to trust them and if we choose to be with them. Like it's all very new and very open, but it's crazy then that you would turn around and not trust them with these more intimate details of your life that you wouldn't open up to them, that you wouldn't, that you would choose to eat a cookie or drink a bottle of wine over have a discussion that could really move your relationship forward. So that is my food for thought today is that if you really are truly serious about cultivating more intimacy, whether it's in the bedroom or whether it's in conversation, a big part of that is not just giving into the buffet of other options that you could use to fill the void when you don't feel that connection to your partner and instead make an effort to connect with them even if it's a little bit uncomfortable, if it's uncomfortable to bring up something that's been bothering you or to, or to just open up the conversation like, Hey, I noticed we haven't, we haven't connected sexually in a long time, or we haven't really sat down and had an important conversation in a long time. And I want to make space for that. Did you know it's actually that simple? (laughs) It's really just, it takes one sentence. It's that sentence. If you, if, you, if you don't have a sentence, use mine. And then you take responsibility because 
knowing that it's your thoughts that create that feeling of intimacy for you. If you have a suspicion that maybe their thoughts are also creating that disconnect for them, your thoughts are creating disconnect for you, then just a very simple, hey, I'd love to spend some time. I noticed that I noticed that there haven't been fireworks in the bedroom for a while. And I would love to make that happen because you're my person and I adore you. And, and if you have any thoughts about it, I'd love to hear them. You don't ever have to go in blaming. You don't ever have to go in with excuses. You don't ever have to go in trying to put the onus on them. You can just be very real and own that your feelings are created by your thoughts and you're committed to thinking new thoughts. And if they have any ideas to support that, then wonderful. It's so much easier than most people make it. And long-term, I think it's probably better for your health. (laughs) You know, if you are just trying to drink the void away, eat the void away, shop the void away, maybe try this instead. It could be, it could create a huge shift in your relationship. And with the new year coming up very soon, I want you to have like a beautiful transition into 2019 with your partner if that is what you are looking for in your life right now. I've said this so many times, but My relationship is one of the best things in my life. And my husband is great. He's totally amazing. But it's become incredible over the last year or two, especially because of my work that I am doing within myself. And I know that you can have the exact same experience in your relationship. And I want to help you get there. So don't forget that there are five spots available as of the release of this podcast this week to sign up and do a free 20-minute strategy session with me. You can do that over at revitalizeyourrelationship.com slash free dash coaching. And as always, if that's just too much to remember, click the link in the show notes wherever you are listening to this podcast. I hope you have a beautiful week and a beautiful relationship. Take care.